Well, guys, uh, it's it's long been overdue. We've had Adam Russell with Mountain View Season before. Some of you guys have seen that. But it's been about a year, and we wanted to bring him back on because it was such a popular episode for us. And uh, everybody by now should know about Mountain View Seeds and some of their amazing... uh, uh, Just say it. They got the best damn grass in the business right now. There you go. There you 365, go, 365 <laughs> took over this year. Yeah, it dom- dominated. It's a lot of 365. <laughs> yeah, it that? Alan Carter's <laughs> in the house. Yeah. That's, that's probably our biggest reason why. Because <laughs> me or Alan? Both. <laughs> Both. So, welcome back to the show, Adam. Good to see you. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and maybe give a quick introduction about yourself for those that maybe have joined us since that episode and don't don't know much about you. Yeah, yeah. First off, thanks for having me back again. It's uh, it's cool to be back. Kind of starting to feel like home, and uh, yeah, it feels really good. And and so my role with Mountain View, just real quick, uh, on the grass seed side, director of product development, and then Mountain View is a bit of a unique company. Uh, from from a grass research and development standpoint, we also have a vegetative, a non-seeded uh, side called MVP Genetics. It's a new startup, and so I lead that division as as vice president of MVP Genetics. So direct to sod farms, warm season cultivars right now, uh, Bermuda grass called Iron Cutter, and a zoysia grass uh, that's in the works and experimental zoysias. So got a lot going on. Busy. Uh, you know, run all over the place. It's show season, but yeah, I love it. It's it's fun. Get to the, to be on cool season and warm season grass all the time, and get to share knowledge and gain knowledge with people like you guys. Awesome. So uh, there was a little bit of an announcement last week uh, with uh, Dr. Greg, and uh, talked about a a companion that you were going to have on with you tonight who was that and what happened yeah so will snell so will for 20 some odd years was the the superintendent the turf grass manager at the rose bowl and and so will is somebody that that we had worked with for a number of years providing seed for the rose bowl mountain view is the official grass seed supplier of the rose bowl that sponsorship's been going on for a while basically because of will and and a side farm called West Coast Turf, and uh, just a relationship there that's been built over time. And and so Will decided after a, a long career in sports turf that he was ready to retire. hadn't really had an off day in a long time, and so so he retired. And then you know went to work in his family farm for a year in Missouri, and and then decided he wanted to just kind of get back in the industry somehow. And, and we offered him a consulting role, and so he's been working with us on both the Mountain View seed side and the MVP genetics side and, and just been invaluable. I've, I've learned so much from the guy. We were going to have him on because he, he just has so much behind the scene knowledge of the Rose Bowl. You know, that just concluded and, and you know, we were ready to do that. Everything was going good. Uh, his right-hand man, Miguel uh, Yepes, had, had taken over for him and is now the the head turf manager, uh, superintendent at the Rose Bowl there. And, and uh but he unfortunately had gotten COVID. And so a week before the Rose Bowl, Will gets a call that 
you know, he's maybe the only person that could step in and, and do that and understand that role. And so he gets the call that he's got to fly out and, and can he please come help, you know, get the Rose Bowl to the finish line because Miguel tests positive. And, and so fortunately, Miguel was able to come back, you know, test out and he's doing real well. But, um, yeah, Will, you know, with the help of their crew, they have an amazing crew there long-time guys that have been there, but but got it to the finish line. So just because of that and all the post-game, uh, a lot of the things that Will was having to do, you know, just just wasn't able to be on like he wanted to be. So sends his regards, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to – maybe if you guys are, are interested in it, possibly get get him on and, and have him bring somebody like Miguel on and, and uh, yeah, talk shop about the Rose Bowl more in depth. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Be awesome. I'd, I'd love to learn more about, yeah, what do they do to get the field game time ready and all the things leading up to it. I think that'd be, you could probably talk all day about that, but that'd be cool to hear a little bit about that. It's wild. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the highlight for a groundskeeper. You know, it's the, it's the most important thing that you can do, you know, the highest level. So it's, it's just like an athlete getting geared up and performing in one of these elite events. It's really, really neat to see. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to pull the curtain back a little bit. So sends his regards and, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can, you guys can get him on soon. Hey, what, uh, for the viewers listening, what is the cultivars that's on the Rose Bowl field? Yeah. So you've got this year and it changes year to year, you, you know, so we're always kind of tweaking and each year is its own deal. And so this year, uh, it was slugger three GL perennial ryegrass and then 365SS, the Kentucky bluegrass. And then that was seeded into Bandera Bermuda grass, uh, which is a, a local kind of a, a natural selection Bermuda grass cultivar from West Coast Turf, uh, who is is the sod producer that supplies the Rose Bowl uh, with their, their thick cut sod, uh, the big rolls that come in that are grown for some cases two years at a time, you know, to get ready for this game and, and then put in. So every year, you know, the percentages tweak. I mean, some years it's Kentucky bluegrass dominant. For a long time, it was it was just perennial ryegrass dominant. Um, and, and so each year, depending on weather, depending on sod farm, depending on, you know, the manager and, and the games and what they have going on and just, just the weather itself can all dictate what percentage of, of, you know, species are in there. And so we want to have more Kentucky bluegrass, I think, for that climate in there, uh, it, it prevents maybe a, a, a little fewer slips, you know, as you get to the fourth quarter. It's a really unique environment out there where you have you have a, a, a drop that happens right when the sun goes down. And, and unless you've been there, it's kind of hard to, to explain it, but the grass gets really wet and can get slippery. I didn't have any of that this year. I feel play phenomenal, uh, but it, it was – you know, it's one of the concerns and it's always been a concern for perennial ryegrass. But just just because of the rain and happenstance, uh, it was a lot more perennial ryegrass this year. And it was it was Slugger 3GL, one of our newest cultivars, lateral spread cultivar, really tough, really good with traffic. Um, we've used it in a number of elite high end perennial ryegrass mixes. And so feel good about his performance and, and it, it played flawless. It was a unique game. I mean. Typically, the Rose Bowls are grind them up, run the ball a lot more, you know, Big Ten type of – and this year was throw it all over outside the hash marks type of game. So, pretty unusual for the Rose Bowl. But 
even where they did chop it up a little bit, the field held flawlessly. It really performed well. I mean, they they had the tarp on for like seven out of the last 11 days. So that's just that's a tremendous amount of rain, like eight inches of rain and, wow. and a huge amount of time for a tarp to be on and and can cause a lot of issues. So, I mean, they just – Miguel and his staff and, and Will just crushed it. Uh, it's really neat to see. It's a really good game. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people imagine. tuned in just for the grass, right, instead of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool to see. You know, so many people think it's fake or, you know, you get people like Kirk Herbstreet and, you know, that'll come out and they're always tweeting videos, putting videos up and, and just – you tell, I mean, it makes people – Makes people feel different. It's, it's it's an atmosphere unlike any any place I've ever been. It's just it's just really unique. So it's it's nice that we're the official seed supplier and we've been able to cultivate this relationship where everybody's happy all the way around. You know, they they take our stuff and make it better. And and seemingly every year, no matter what Mother Nature throws at them, man, they just they kill it. it, it some years there's no rain. Some years there's all the rain. Some years there's events. Some years there's not. Just doesn't matter what it is, they're always consistent. They're always flawless. Uh, I mean, you, it's hard to remember a game where you go, man, that, that field played terrible. That field looked terrible at the Rose Bowl. You know, it's it's been at least 25 years, you know, and even longer before that. So so how, so, often, yeah. do, oh, sorry. how often do they replace it, the sod, prior to the game? You know, the, this sod this year went in December 2nd. Um, you know, okay. so typically you're going to sod – between the week of Thanksgiving and that December 2nd, December 5th, you know, I don't want to get it too late. It has been pretty late some years, but it, it just all depends. And then, and then after that, it's all about the event schedule, you know, what concerts you've got coming in. Um, for the last couple of years, they pe- played a college all-star game there. You know, they don't, they don't have that this year. Uh, you got, you know, you'll have a Taylor Swift concert or something that'll come in or, you know, it just it just depends. So I think this year they're hoping to keep the field longer than normal. I mean, typically they'll have some spring concerts and have to replace the field and swap it out. Uh, I think Will told me one time the most that he's ever flipped it was like six or seven times. So and that's absurd. You know, in one that. year. Yeah, to do that. Wow. Um, and to to go through that is insane. You know, you'd like to keep it to like one or two. And, and none if you can but um but yeah i think they're hoping to get a long time out of this field here and and so to keep it and and continue going with it and if they can get all the way to ucla's season you know next year then then that'll be that's a huge deal that's an expense that they don't they don't have to but if they had a concert or you know some sort of event and the field needs it then the rose bowl has always been great you know an organization from the, an organizational standpoint of They've, they've got the resources and, and they commit that, and, you know, let the superintendents, let the grounds crew do their work. And so it, it's a cool place. Everybody works together for the benefit of the field. So, uh, and I think it pays off that way. That's why people, people acknowledge it that way. You know, it's one of the best fields in, in sports turf and, and really any turf grass around the world. I'll drink it yeah. Out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that aerial shot that I think everyone probably saw was just amazing. I mean, the color, the greenness yeah. was phenomenal. So it yeah, was, they, they just work. It's working. They have other sponsorships. You know, they, there's, there's Brant, Grig, 
that that has a lot of the fertilizer and and so they throw everything at it i mean there's foliar there's granular there's fungicides yeah, green sand, there's paint, there's, uh, you know, there's mowers. I mean, everything is just top of the line. So it's it's neat to see it all come together. It's like a, a really finely tuned dance. And and you got to have guys that know how to do it. And, and they certainly do. They're, they're some of the best in the business. Uh, it's just, it's really cool to see just behind the scenes, you see a small part of it. You're just really appreciative of how they pull stuff off. It's, it's mind-blowing. It really is. So kind of hop into transitional here, but stay on the same kind of topic. How does that experience or that field and just kind of everything that you know that goes into it, how does that compare with your experience, your knowledge of what goes into like the new field of dreams? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So that one, that one was even more unique. You know, you have a, um, and, and we were, we were fortunate you know, to have 365 SS be chosen as the, the entire field exclusively 365 SS to be put in. But that one, that one was a roller coaster. And so you had, you know, you had a field that was built for a specific purpose. So, you know, the original field of dreams and then about a thousand yards away to the West, you build a new 8,000 seat stadium with all the infrastructure and you build it right in the cornfield and, and just, you build that up and get everything ready for the game. And, you know, you're, you're going towards the game and you're, you're cycling up and, and everything's getting more serious. And then COVID hits and you put the brakes on it and, and you've got a team there uh, that had been on site that had been working and building all for that. And it looks like it's going to go by the wayside and you don't know if MLB is going to cancel it, what's going to happen. And so just, just really deflating for the crew there and, and then you get somewhat of a second life where MLB, to their credit, you know, commits to the game and doing it. And, and then you almost have to, to switch gears and focus because then you're in a maintenance phase, you know. Then, then you've geared up for the game and now you've got to kind of pull back and, and refocus and go into in maintenance mode, reseeding bluegrass, getting it through the winter, you know, blowing out irrigation systems, charging them back up. I mean – just a whole nother year. So that one was, was really a two-year process by, by the uh, the team at Brightview. So it's it's uh, Brightview and, and their sports turf division. It's led by Murray Cook, who's pretty legendary, been an STMA president. I mean, it, it just he's got a connection to Will. They worked together a long, long time ago. And, and so that's how we were fortunate to get in, Will and I, uh, to work at the very end as they cycled up again for the second time. And as we're going towards the game that last week, again, just like what Will did with the Rose Bowl, you, you need a, a support staff to come in and just help with all the little details to push it across the finish line. And so the size of the crew swells and and you bring all these guys in and, and just to make sure everything's buttoned up and you got enough manpower to get it through and, and just crushed it. I mean, they killed the logistics was not easy. A lot of rain, a lot of tarps, a lot of, you know, I mean, it was 115 degree heat index. Um, it was dicey. I mean, there were some times when there were some storms that would have knocked that game out right on the edge of that field. And so just, just felt forcing it all the way around that crushed it and just blessed enough that <clears throat> game went off without a hitch. I mean, it was a hell of a game. And, and, you know, good enough that they're going to do it again. So you run it back again. And so for the third year, they're 
<clears throat> you know, maintenance mode and, and doing all that, you know, that maintenance work to get it ready for next year when it's going to be Cubs and Cardinals. So it, it's, it's a completely different process, you know, baseball versus football, but then just that project. Uh, but in some ways, the detail work and what you do every single day <clears throat> to get the field to that showpiece condition at the end it is kind of similar. You know, the, the plants don't stop growing. You still have to feed them. You still have to mow them. You still have to take care of them the right way. And, and that's pretty similar. But the ways you go about it and, and just the, the gut calls that you have to make on how to take care of a plant when that's the art behind it that I think, you know, both do it a different way and did it a different way, but, but crushed it just the same. You know, you see all those little decisions come together and you just in the end, you just step back and kind of admire it. You know, we were we were bystanders. We just we swept some stuff up and, you know, dragged some infield and you know, just tried to help out as best we could. Man, it's it's all credit to the Brightview crew. And some of those guys that are coming in are major league groundskeepers, you know, from the Brewers and uh, from some of the minor league teams. And some of those guys have been there for two years and somehow you pull it together under the leadership of, of Murray Cook and he gets all the guys to be able to work together and, and just be synced up enough that it goes off without a hitch. You know, it's it's an amazing dance. And so we were just trying to stay out of the way, you know, provide some help and and give those guys a break so they can they can knock it out of the park and crush it. And then, you know, as soon as that game's over, most of that crew goes to the Little League Classic, which was in – and Williams uh, poured at the Little League World Series. And the very next week, they're doing the same thing again. And that was on 365 SS. You know, so that field was was solely 365 SS from Duckahoe and, and from Allen. And um, and so it was, it was cool, that continuity all the way through, and the guys are the same, and, and they crossed it over there the same as they did. But the Field of Dreams was, even for me, you know, I've, I've done enough – you know, kind of high-profile events, whatever you want to call it. I've been fortunate enough to do it. The Field of Dreams is one of the most special things I've ever been a part of. Like, I can't I can't describe that feeling. Um, it, it was unlike anything, any any event that I've ever been to. I mean, I've been to Super Bowls. I've been to the Masters. I've been to the Rose Bowl. I've been all over, you know. And that one was different, man. It was, it was something special. I hope it's just as special next year. I think it will be. That's usually what people say when they come to Iowa. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't know the corn can make make its own humidity. Like that was the other part. It's like, you know, you're flying in, and this like it looks like a biodome, man. I mean, it was so hot, and you just you got a sense of what it was going to be like. I mean, how rough that was. I mean, I'm I'm from Georgia, grew up in South Georgia, you know, East Georgia, and so I mean, we're we're not <laughs> we're not used to the cold and, and you know, we can handle heat and humidity, but that's that's one of the hottest places I've been for a week. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was tough. And you're doing stuff you don't think of. Like, people think of sports surf and they just think of the field. But, I mean, Will got there a day before I was, and he's he's painting an alfalfa field that's next to the stadium so the VIPs can park. You know, and if, if you've ever been in an alfalfa field and it's 105 degrees – you know, that's, that's not very fun. You know, it's like round <laughs> muck and, and, you know, the little things that people don't understand about that game, you know, everything had to go off perfect. So the corn was hand planted. 
the corn was hand watered and fertilized. So about five acres around the field, you know, was wow. probably the most managed corn in the state of Iowa. <laughs> and, and who knows how much, you know, per acre the cost on that stuff was, but I mean, the rows had to be flawless. Everything had to stand up because you, you couldn't have corn falling over and not looking good for that game. And it, and it did, it looked mm-hmm. perfect. But just, just little in between decisions that, that people don't realize that they did for that game that, that made the difference. And it's just Major League Baseball crushed it with the production. I mean, everything was, was synced up. And it's cool to see all the cameramen and all the, all the different people behind the scenes, you know, that, that get to show your work off in the best way and how good they are at their jobs. And so you leave with a lot of respect for a lot of different people. And it, it certainly makes you want to go back. Hopefully we'll be fortunate enough to, to have some time and be able to go back again. I mean, I would, I would jump in in a heartbeat. I know Will would, if, if Murray Cook and the Brightview gang would have us again, we'd certainly go up. I mean, we were just, we were grateful to be a part of it. It was, it was a really cool event. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember when yeah. it was going on, we were all talking like, Hey, that's Mountain View Seeds. We just had them on. Like <laughs> when uh, when the, when the game was going on, we were chatting back and forth. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah no, it was a good production too. Like you were saying, it was a it was laid out real well. Yeah, people don't realize it. You know, it's like you know, like mowing heights or something for that game. Um, actually, had to raise the mowing height for the field. You know, the field was playing too fast for baseball. You know, I mean, just little stuff like that where people don't realize like fields can play too slow, but they can play too fast too, you know? Yeah. And it's like, we had the weather and it was just, I mean, grass was jumping, you know, they were cutting the grass and you turn around and like, you, it felt like you could see the grass growing, <laughs> you know, it was just electric and it was pumped up and it was ready for prime time in a good way. And, and but at the same time, you know, it's like, you got to hit it just right for when the game starts and, and just, just little things you don't think about, you know, they, they hand painted the foul lines with a paint roller, you know, I mean, so you're on your knees, you know, from where the dirt stops all the way to that foul pole and right between your legs with a small paint roller and just painting that and retouching it and reapplying it. Um, We figured out when the cameras were shining out on left field, you could see the muck in between the corn and, and it looked bad. Like you could see the mud because it had rained off and on and it just didn't show well on TV. So, and I can't remember who had the idea, whether it was Murray or, or you know, one of the, the assistants that, you know, that were, were telling us what to do and showing us how to do everything that had been there for so long. But somebody had the idea to take the clippings from the mower and throw the clippings, the green clippings out in between the corn. So it would camouflage that. And so, you couldn't see it on TV. It just looked green on TV, but it's hard to explain how bad it looked until we took all the clippings from cutting the field. I mean, we were taking them from the buckets of the mower, dumping them on a gator, taking the gator out the left field and just slinging grass clippings. You know, we did that for about an hour and a half just to hide and make it appear aesthetically pleasing. You know, it just, just camouflage it that way with grass clippings. So just stuff like that, that that blow my mind you know tarp pulls I mean, you got to be ready you know if, the, if they call the game and say that there's inclement weather i mean you've got a time to hit where you push that tarp out and you get it on the field and that thing's heavy and if the wind starts blowing i mean you've all seen the youtube clips and people get caught in the tarp and it doesn't go well and it blows up in the stands and you know a lot of things can go wrong with it so you got to practice that so i mean we did trial runs 
with that tarp. I mean, we probably did 10 just in the time I was there. And it's, I mean, you're, you're pushing a sled, like it's back at football practice and it's not fun and your shoes are wet and it's 115 degrees. And it's like, you're digging, man, but you know, you hit the number and everybody works together and it's a good feeling at the end of the day. So it was, it was a really cool team. Everybody really got along well and uh, just, just really high level guys that know what they're doing. So it was fun to see. So I, I just had a small part and I was pushing out the tarp and dragging the infield. You drag the infield uh, in between certain innings. And so after a couple of innings, I dragged the infield on the crew. And so part of that, Will was doing everything. He was cutting grass. He was, they had a, um, uh, you know, an asphalt roller that would roll and, and compact the infield just to make sure everything was, was good to go. You know, there's a couple of questions uh, people want to know about the field uh, for in the dirt. It wants to know what the height of the cut was. And then uh, Alex Carney wants to know how you measure speed for the grass. How do you know if it's playing too fast or playing too slow? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's ball, I mean, there's physical ball roll and ball bounce. And, and so, I mean, a certain part of it is just a feel and there's, there's people with major league baseball you know, that will request that. And so it's not quite scientific a process is like how they stamp for golf. Um, but I think the final number was 900 was what they, and so they were at like 750 and don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere around that. So we were at 750 and went to, I think we ended up at nine hundredths of an inch. So just under an inch on that bluegrass and it, it played perfect. I mean, honestly, there weren't a lot of ground balls. Uh, I think once the players got out there and, and, started hitting bad in practice. I mean, I I could tell pretty early on, but it was like, we're going to have some fireworks in this game. Like you could tell fly balls were just with the heat. I mean, the fly balls were going an extra 20 feet and guys were just getting under them and they were going way out, you know? So you could tell guys were changing their swings a little bit and adapting and you, you could tell the fireworks were going to come. And I don't know how many home runs they hit during that game. It felt like 15, you know, it was, it was a crazy cool game, Um, you know, but by that time our job is somewhat over and, you know, for a lot of us, you know, you've put so much work in like the game secondary. We don't, we don't do a ton during the game. I mean, you're dragging the field, but you're, you're not as intense as like the lead up. So for most of the game, like we're in an air conditioned trailer watching it on TV, just like everybody else and and lucky to do so, you know, because we've been out in the sun baking mm-hmm. for 16, 18, 18 hour days for five, six days. And for some of those guys the whole summer, you know, and two years prior. So it, it was it was neat when we thought it was going to go into extra innings. And then that's a whole nother deal. You stay later. You have to drag the field again. You know, we've put all the all the drags up. We got to get those out. I mean, so we were we were a little bit nervous that it was going to go into extras. So we were we were just as happy as everybody else when it was a walk off. <laughs> but then after that, I mean, you're cleaning up bubble gum and uh, just I mean, little things. MLB sells the the dirt, so you know they physically have somebody that comes out with five gallon buckets and you scrape the calcined clay, the turfus, and and you you know you you scrape the dirt from the foul lines and home plate and the mound and and they sell that stuff and so wow. you know typically it's it's like one five gallon bucket 
but we could tell how much money Major League Baseball was making because it was like it was like 10 five gallon buckets. Like we had the whole crew out there like scraping mm-hmm. shovels, trying to, get, <laughs> trying to get enough dirt. So, you know, Major League Baseball could authenticate it. There was a guy standing right there and he put a, a sticker over the bucket so it couldn't be opened again. So it would be authentic or just stuff like that. I mean, we were putting. So you're saying like the infield? Yeah, man. So and like they, they take the infield dirt. Yeah, they sell it. We um the bases, you know, every time we would we would have during you typically wouldn't change the bases as often as we did. And they were taking the bases, uh, you know, first, second, and third. And so every time we would drag, they would take the bases and put a new set in, and then they would sell those bases. Um, uh, they dug up a home plate, you know, which is concrete in the ground. We dug up, I think we dug up the the pitching rubber. I mean, they sold everything from that game. It was nuts. Uh, I'd never <laughs> yeah. quite seen it to that level before. So you could tell, like, we were all laughing. Like, Major League Baseball was making a pile of money from this game. You could tell the interest level was going to be there. So we had an inkling they were going to do this again. And 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 you could see it was it was just neat behind the scenes. Like, uh, Kevin Costner, I mean, just, you know, just the whole run-up and their practice and that and just everything. You know, it, it, was, it was a magical type of event. I hope we get a chance to do it again. I, I hope the grass plays just as well. You know, it's going to be Cubs and Cardinals. So, I mean, there's going to be 50,000 people because I didn't realize everybody in Iowa was a Cubs fan, you know. And so <laughs> they're, they're coming over and uh, St. Louis is coming up and all of Iowa, I think, is going to come to the game. So it's it's going to be a big production next year. Hey, uh, how many bush lights do you think were drank during that game from the audience? <laughs> so, so this is the funny thing, so, and I'll never forget this. Uh, there was a there was a guy. He's a, he's a groundskeeper, and and he's with the Las Vegas Aviators. His name's Isaiah, and uh, had never met him before. He's a cool cat, and so he's from Iowa. And so a lot of people at this game had Iowa connections. You know, Nick McKenna, who was down at Texas A and M, sports turf manager down there. And, and he is from Iowa, and so he came back for the game. So a lot of people were either from Iowa or had some sort of Iowa connection that were on the crew, and Isaiah was. And, and so we're sitting there, you know, of course, at the end of the game and, and just kind of celebrating, drinking, course, bush. And and um, I, I knew known it had said, for the farmers on, on the can, you know, it's for the farmers. And so, and I can't do the accent the way he was doing it, but he kept saying something. And I was like, man, what are you, what are you saying? And he's like, well, this, this is the way we say it. And I guess there's an Iowa accent. It's like for the firmers, you know, and it's like, (laughs) there's just a very distinct way that they say it. And so he was exaggerating. And so now whenever I see a bush light can, like I think about Isaiah and the way he says it, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, Hey, that's, that's for the firmers. <laughs> that's that's he Iowa, must, dude. So, he, must, he must be from Southern Iowa. Man, he was <laughs> and I was trying to remember the town, you know, small town. I feel like it was it was more north from where we were. Uh, but you know, he he clearly knew his way around. I mean, we he had been there for a while and and um, you know, kind of going back and forth, I, I think between Vegas. But we had a we had a lot of guys like that. You know, we had the Ryan who's with the Milwaukee Brewers, the head groundskeeper. Um, you know, Nick, we had, I'm going to forget everybody that was on the crew now, you know, but it's, it's like, we just had a ton of really cool, good guys and we were the smallest part of it. Like, I mean, we were nobody, I would have been happy to clean out toilets and trash cans Mm -hmm. and they just, they were, they were cool and accepted us and, 
Will, you know, with, with his background made it a little bit easier for me, but, you know, there's just kind of welcomed us with open arms, grab a rake, grab a shovel, go do this. And it just worked, but yeah, it, it was, it was a really fun event. And, and um, yeah, some, some bushes were consumed. Hmm. That. We, we enjoyed it. Yes. Well, uh, I think this is a good time for us to do uh, maybe our lawn of the week. And then after yeah. a lot of the week, we can transition over to what does Mountain View Seeds have planned for 2022? So let's uh, let's do our lot of the week real quick. Um, for those who are brand new, I don't see any brand new people in the live chat, but maybe you're listening on a podcast or later catching a replay of this. Keep off the grass live cast. We do what's called KOTG Lawn of the Week, where we go out and Find the best lawns on Instagram. That's mainly where we look. And we want to find out who the best DIY lawn is out there. It's getting a little bit slimmer and slimmer each uh, week here going into the cool season. But I think what we're only about 80 days from spring, guys, something like that. I mean, we're got the countdown calendar. We're marking it off. How many? 70-something, I think. 70-something, so we're even below 80, so we're getting there. We're I was getting coming there. up with my game plan in February, man. You know, we, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right around the corner. Yeah, so start, everybody's going to start getting their journals out and start creating that 2022 plan. Um, 75 days. 75, 75 countdowns. So, uh, along the week, if you want to be entered, again, we're looking for creativity over this winter time. Um depression era i guess you could say um <laughs> so if you got a lawn that you've you know uh, i think golf course lawn if everybody saw that it was a good good uh entry there where he striped up some snow got a little snow and he actually cleared off stripes actually looked really good yeah. um things like that um you know again if you got some snow in your yard do something cool with it but we're looking for that creativity so to enter, you just have to use the hashtag KOTG Lawn of the Week and put that in a public story or public reel. Uh, not story, I meant post. A public post or public reel so that we can see it. Otherwise, the stories disappear after 24 hours and we can't share it. So uh, this week, uh, it's a little long overdue. He's had some good entries over the last few months and uh, kind of came out on top of everybody else and was an awesome submission this week. And we decided to go with Jason Riley, lucky green stripes. Yeah. Nice. Hey, look at that, man. He had his last mow of the uh, year, he said, this week. And that's a pretty darn good last mow of the year. That's looking really good. Yeah. That's yeah, he's 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 been tagging the past few few weeks. Even throughout the season, he's always he's always posting some nice picks. So that's solid. Yeah, and he, I think he's beautiful home too. Yeah, it's a big yard too. It's a big old yard with some straight, good looking stripes. So looks good. They look, they look pretty straight to me, right, Nate? Yeah, yeah. none of that wa- none of that wavy bull crap. Nice. What, uh, I want to know what uh, mower he uses. Yeah, uh, be cool to find yeah I don't think I've seen him in the chat tonight, but if you're in the chat, let us know. Give us some details on the lawn. Oh, he's there. 
He's there. He's in there. Oh, there he yeah. is. Oh, there. there he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, drops drop some information on your lawn what uh what your cultivars are and what you mow with and all that good stuff. So let the fans know. Like the green giants on the side. I got the same. I know Oli's kind of got that too. What are they called? Green giant, those arborvites. Okay. Um, it's a good natural barrier, right? Yeah. yeah. Or a natural fence. I wonder if so, he's got irrigation for that big old property. I, I would guess probably not the whole thing. That would be something I know. Once well, he's down in Tennessee, so I'm assuming he's probably one of those what you guys call natural Trend. water people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like he's got a he's got a pretty big deck there, Zach. He's got a sixty incher. Ooh. Okay. Full sixty. So, <laughs> does, he, does he ride it? Is it zero turn? That's John Deere. That's that's a that's a zero turn. Z nine fifty M. It's a big big long big deck. It. He needs a shirt. He yeah. needs he needs the uh, the big deck shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, congratulations, Lucky Green Stripes. Yeah, Appreciate you uh, with continuing submitting and stuff. So, uh, we're glad uh, we finally. Had a chance to get you on here for a lot of the week. So welcome to the club and and uh get ready for 2022. All Ole right, Adam. So uh, uh oh go ahead. Oh what? I said Oli consistently uh reminds me that he's his deck's an inch bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh 61. 61. <laughs> it counts, it matters. <laughs> I want to know where he's starting to measure and where he ends. <laughs> yeah, you got to measure the same. You measure the same. I never, I never knew Oli shaved his mower to make it look bigger. <laughs> he washes it, cleans it, cleans it off. gets all the grass clippings off yeah. to make it look bigger. <laughs> there we and go. Maybe it's a little, a little warmer down there. So, Oli, you were muted. I... Huh? Yeah, mute. Oh, you were muted. Yeah, I was just letting you know. No, okay, sorry. We can hear you now. <clears throat> All right. So, Adam, what are, what does Mountain View Seeds have coming up for the this new? It's a good time to to let people know what's twenty twenty two looking like. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but I mean, quietly optimistic. I don't know how you would you would couch it, but I mean, compared to last year, that couldn't have gone any worse. Just the entire year from the very start to the very end you know, feeling a lot better. And so it's, it's hard for us because, you know, a lot of people just look directly ahead to spring. Right. So for us, it's, it's a one time a year crop cut. So we cut in July and August and, and then like we're actually still cleaning grass seed. And we know this, this spring 2022 is not going to be great for availability. It's not going to be great for quality we're just, we're down so far and the piles are so small that it's not going to be great. But once we get past that and going into fall of 2022, things hold like they are. We've gotten everything we need to have a great crop of all the species, both in the Willamette Valley and into what they call the dry land, which is where, you know, some of the bluegrass, some of the Poetrivialis, some of the, you know, some of the other crops that we have besides Lambent Valley, tall fescue, perennial ryegrass type crops. So the year started out great. Plantings went in. We got good, consistent rain. We had 
you know, sunny days that dried off the field. So you're able to get in them and get, you know, cleaned up from a weed standpoint. You know, now they're getting continual consistent rain like we should get through the winter, which typically happens in a good year in Oregon. You're getting snowpack. You're starting to hear a lot of that and and good snowpack, which as it melts in the springtime, you know, provides consistent water down to the valley below. And so that's that's a very good thing. Temperatures have been good. Um, you know, we've even got snow in the lower parts of the valley, which snow is a very good thing from an insulator standpoint. And, and it just helps the crops to keep going. So planting wise, a little bit down on tall fescue from an acreage standpoint, but we hope the yields are going to be better. Uh, perennial ryegrass acreage planting wise are up. Uh, I'll call it significantly. So the hope is that there'll be, you know, good yield and, and better availability there. Uh, same thing with Kentucky bluegrass. We were really worried about that one. Feel a little bit better about it in, in terms of how much was planted from the farmer level and then, you know, what those crops look like right now. Still, still a long way to go. You know, we got a nice storm in February this time last year. Got to get through that. Um, Got to get through May and pollination time where we had those unprecedented 115 degree highs and, and really hot lows. And so, we get through that and we'll feel really good, you know, that last 90 days. But so far, you know, couldn't, couldn't, I don't say look better. I guess it could always look better, but it looks really, really good. So a little bit of optimism in, in terms of our crops that are coming for fall of 2020, 2022. And we really need it, you know, because yeah, we, we were way off and we did have a big hole as as far as what you know what we were putting out in the marketplace from an industry standpoint and you know just from a mountain view standpoint so we we feel cautiously optimistic you know so uh it wasn't wasn't all gloom and doom even even as we feel like we we disappointed a lot of people i mean into the fall and and uh probably do a, a little bit into the spring and i think the expectation level is there from the end users and the consumers I think everybody knows like how bad the crop was by now. Um, if you don't, it was bad. So, but if, if, um, if you were involved or talked to anybody from the distribution level or the end user level, I think word got around pretty well. And so now it's like, all right, you know, fertilizer may be through the roof and, you know, chemicals may be restricted and the supply chain stinks. And, you know, some of those things aren't going to get figured out, but at least from the availability standpoint, I feel like Oregon's going to get back to Oregon. I guess I'm optimistic that way. So we look forward to that. You know, we don't, we don't like disappointing people any, any more than anybody else does. You know, it, nobody likes to say, Hey man, we've got really good grass seed, but you can't have any. So that, that's not a great way to stay in business. So we don't want to do that again. And and the good thing is Oregon's had more years where um, we've, we've over delivered than under delivered. So I'm, I'm betting on the Valley, you know, we've been farming for a hundred years there and, and they've produced more often than not. So we hope this is abnormal and an aberration and, and we get back to what, what Oregon does best, which is the highest quality grass seed in the world, you know, for cool season. So, and then just, I mean, continuing to grow, you know, the MVP genetic side, uh, the acres are growing on the warm season side. You know, we're starting to get into more elite sports turf and golf, um, which affects just the the acres and the number of people that ask for a grass, like, say, Iron Cutter Bermuda 
uh, from from a just a lawn care level, you know, just for somebody that would have a Bermuda grass or or like our experimental zoysia, you know, somebody that would ask for that. A lot of people are influenced by the the high level courses that they see, and so you play the golf club, you ask the superintendent or the grounds crew what kind of grass that you play on because you it looks good and you like it, and it's the same thing with sports surf, and so we're getting that trickle down effect. We're working with good producers. We've got about 10 growers. Uh, we're getting into Australia just on the cusp of signing a contract. We got through quarantine there. So that'll be a huge market that, that'll that help us make money and continue to grow and get good and better grasses out to people that we research and develop. So that's that's one that's taken off quickly. And and that's that one's on a pretty steep growth curve. And I'm, I'm excited about the future for the next year of it. And, and it's just, it's rolling everything together. Um, you know, Munshaw started a, a new research facility. And, and so it actually has a new name. It's called Park. And it's it's Pinnacle Ag Research Center. And it's in Columbia, Missouri. And, and so he may have talked about that a little bit, but he's he's developed that. And, and that'll be open to a lot of people in the industry to do trial work, um, you know, whether it's a mower, whether it's chemical fertility, biologicals, uh, grass seed, you know, any, anybody that would need transitional type research and work, uh, we can do it there in Columbia and he has the space to do it. And, and we're just getting, getting him the infrastructure and all the mowers and, and getting scaled up um, so that, that he can do that it may take five years, but we're, we're on the path to do that. So that that's really unique. And, and that'll help us because we can send some of our experimentals you know, from Oregon, we can send some from other universities. Universities can work with us both in Oregon and, and in a place where it's really tough to grow grass like Missouri. And and then we can find out ways to make the grasses that we have better and do it quicker so we can get them out to you and and um, and you can have better solutions. So, yeah, we're we're extremely excited about that. And it's just overall, I mean, future looks bright. I'm, I'm happy with where we are. I mean, I'm we need more grass seed. We know we're going to need more grass seeds, especially through spring and into into fall. And so, if we could just get that done, I, I think I think life will get back to normal, and you know, hopefully, we'll get back to where you guys are continuing to crush it, and you can go find our grass seed in as many different places as you want. You know, that's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, definitely better news than uh, last year. I mean. Yeah. And it seemed like last year it was like, get your grassy now because it's done for who knows how long. But it's good to know there's a little something coming up here in the next year. Or so even after springtime, people can do hopefully fall renovations and stuff yeah. on there. So we need to get back to normal and then hopefully the, the weather will smooth out and just not not be quite as volatile as it has been for people. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing all over the place is that you know, whatever is the norm for a climate wherever you lived, it's almost been the opposite or, you know, it's changed about every month. So if you're in a place that got rain, you had some drought. You know, if you're in your place that didn't have bugs, you got army worms. I mean, you know, tornadoes and hurricanes and ice and too much rain and not enough. is just a little bit of, of everything. So we're, we're seeing a little bit of a calm down in places. I mean, there's still some struggle areas like always, but overall we we could all use that i think 
I have to give uh, Dr. Greg a message here in the next month or so and try to line up a time when to come come check out Park is it's probably I don't know 10 15 minutes from my place here in Columbia. Very cool. So, yeah, so no, I'd I love really it, need to check it out. Be careful though, he'll put you to work. Uh, I was gonna say, I would run around there and get in everybody's way, it'll put me to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll give you, he'll give you, yeah, because he's he's got his hands full. Uh, I'm it's, sure it's a big, it's a, a big commitment to get something like this off the ground. And we've had a lot of help from some industry friends. And you know, we got to get irrigation in the ground, you got to do a lot of things that to get the trials and the testing and just mowers. I mean, it's hard to buy a mower right now. And, oh, it's it's hard to buy anything right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, once we get through that that infancy stage, I think we'll be good. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun work, you know, even with the challenges. So we're we're fortunate to be able to do it and to have a group like my bosses that that see the vision and want to commit to it and and that understand where it'll get us. So yeah, it was, it's good. It's all good. Well, uh, a little bird told me that. Uh, as good as Nate's green hat looks for Mountain View Seeds, I hear uh, Mountain View Seeds may have a couple different designs coming out. We got some new ones. And uh, you guys may be uh, willing to give some of the live chat audience uh, one of those hats. Let's, uh, I mean, you might as well, you know, do it, do awesome. it right here, right? I mean, I think uh, that white, that. That light colored Ooh. one is fire. Yeah. Look at those. Those are sick. I like it. Those are sweet. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Mathis. Mathis Kenzie, some of you have talked to him behind the scenes. He's responsible for these two. I, I, yeah. He's got some fashion sense, man. He he, he did well with those. <laughs> I always, I like I'm a big I'm a big fan of the offset logos, like in the corner like that. that yeah. That ten leather patch is fire. Yeah, I was gonna say if I didn't know any better, I think those something you could buy from like a REI or you know one of those uh, outdoor yeah. hiking you know places. You know, well, I tell people, you know, a lot of people that don't know us, you know, they think we're like an outdoor clothing manufacturer, <laughs> stuff, you know, like North Face or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. It does, it does kind of look like it, but yeah, that's that's the nice thing about it. you can wear it with a North Face jacket or whatever. And, take it camping or or but that's a that's a smooth hat the tan one i really like i like that black one the black one would be good it's just that would be too hot mm-hmm. down there even though i've got a black <laughs> one, you know i've kind of already got that cover but that tan one i've got i've got my own i might be rocking that one here shortly <laughs> i haven't gotten any of these i don't have e- either one of these that's how new they are wow yeah so these that's, awesome. that's cool fresh and and hot off the uh hot off the press nice Everybody type in MVS into the chat yeah. so they can be entered in there. So let's keep an eye on those likes and then we can start doing that. But um, so so uh, you want to give one each away, Adam? Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we'll okay. give we'll give one each and uh, I guess spin the wheel like you guys normally do, right? Yeah. All right. So we'll have two lucky winners uh, whenever we do that giveaway. We'll do the black one and then we'll save that. Awesome looking tan one. I like them both, but the tan one just speaks to me differently. I'm gonna have to jump in on this one. So, <laughs> get your wife, get your wife to enter in. Cast members are eligible for this one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like that. No sit on so, the mountains. So, hey, while we're uh, 
Zach, I don't know if Ope, you out there, if you are Zach, Ope, you guys hook up. Um, let's see if we can get you on here. So while we're everyone, everyone in the chat is typing MVS, let's take a few minutes here and talk about our KOTG weight loss challenge. Um, kind of do that behind the scenes real quick. And then hopefully uh, once we're done with that, Brian will be ready and we'll give some hats away. But yeah, so, you know, we kind of talked about a little bit that we want to do something in the off season to kind of keep the community together. Um, you know, obviously we, I think we can all look in the mirror and say we can be a little bit healthier and uh, we're not, we're not the most fittest bunch of a uh, group that's out there in, in the internet. So we decided, Hey, CrossFit life <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we drink beer and talk about our grass. And, yeah. And half, half the, half the names are talking about dad bods and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we, we kind of threw around the idea of like, hey, let's do a weight loss challenge, you know, and kind of run it from January to like March-ish time, you know, so that way we could, um, so that way we could basically, um, you know, have something to do in the off season. So what we decided to do is, um, well, first we hit up Brian, you know, and he's he's one of the wizards behind the scene and we say, I, we got this idea of, of a logo with our logo with the tape measure around it, squeezing it a little bit, kind of like B- biggest loser style. And Brian whipped out that logo, which is badass. So awesome job on that one, Brian. Thanks. But, uh, but yeah, so we, we got the logo and that was kind of the segue into it. And then we said, Hey, let's, let's get some, get a foundation. So we decided to do, um, we're going to do a hundred days. So it's gonna be a hundred day challenge. And we weighed in basically yesterday. If you haven't weighed in yet, if you want to get weighed in, you still can. Um, tomorrow's going to be the deadline for the weigh-in. So the end of day, tomorrow's going to be the deadline to get in. Um, to enter, you need to send a picture of a scale, um, of basically you standing on a scale with your weight sent to either myself, Stripe Life, or the KOTG. Um, I will send a disclaimer that if you're taking a downward picture, make sure either you have some clothes on or you crop something <laughs> out of there. And, and be careful of shadows as well, because some of those uh, scales you guys got, some of those scales you guys got are reflective. So be careful. <laughs> so I don't need I don't need any of those pictures being sent to me. But uh, but yeah, so send me a picture or send the KOTG a picture of standing on the scale. Um, and then what we're going to do is basically we're going to track it by percentage. Okay, percentage based weight loss keeps it even. Um, and to calculate that, we're going to have we're going to have stuff to calculate it for you. But in case you're wondering, it's basically your pounds lost divided by your starting weight and take that times 100. So if you basically over the whole thing lose 12 pounds and you start out at 200, that's going to be comparable to someone that lost 12 pounds that started out as 300 pounds. So the person that actually weighed 200 and lost the exact same weight would have a higher percentage of weight loss. Okay. So it's kind of a way to it's a way to keep it even because theoretically, um, the heavier you are, the more you have to lose, and the easier it is to lose. So it keeps it even across the board. Um, and actually, we have about a two hundred pound gap between the highest entry and the lowest entry. So it's definitely a way to keep it on an even keel. Um, <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so we're doing that. Um, we are going to roll out an app, um, and it is ready to go. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have someone in the lawn care uh, community who actually kind of is working on this and has something in their back pocket and reached out to us and said, Hey, 
I got something that would be perfect for you guys. And so we kind of worked out the details in the last month and, and I believe it's actually ready to go now. So I'm going to turn it over to Ope so he can kind of run through the details of it, talk about it a little bit and just kind of what it is. Yeah. What's up you guys. Um, did you guys want me to go into like a demo of it or. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. So I will. Um, for the sign up page, I can just throw it in the chat after this. Um, but we'll go through um, what the what the whole entire app will look like. It's a pretty uh, a comprehensive app that will tailor to the individual. And I think that this that's really important for a, a fitness challenge like that. Um, there, there's a, a lot of different things in here that will gamify uh, the experience for the end user um, to, to really keep the motivation going. And it's all based around... Um, it, it, you know, whether you've been on a challenge, whether you've done a weight loss journey before or not, uh, the, this whole entire app and experience is really based upon any movement is good movement or positive movement and any fitness is positive fitness, right? It's just to get people going, entertain people um, and, and educate people, but then also connect people as well. That's really the main purpose. Um, with, with that said, let's get, I'll, I'll, I'll share my screen if I'm able to. And just be careful what tabs are open. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I want to tab two here. All right. Uh, can you guys see that? No, sir. Uh, no. Nope. Can't you hit share screen. You should be able to share it. Find the one you want, and then, like, there you go. There it, there is. it is. Can you guys see the actual app? Well, that scared me at first. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, oh, top right, a couple inches. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> when we get to the app, um, this will be this will be the onboarding experience that you guys will um, the, kind of be greeted with once you log in. Um, I'll, I'll show you the, the the sign up page here in a second afterwards. But when you actually log in, this is going to be what it looks like. Um, We'll kind of just go through a video demo. You'll you'll be able to select your overall focus, whether it's weight loss. It doesn't have to be weight loss for this. You can pick whatever you want. Um, define or mass, and 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 really what this does is it it caters all of the in app experiences to this particular journey. So it caters it a little bit to uh, different programming, different nutrition, meal plans, things like that. Pretty comprehensive. Going uh, going to the date of birth, uh, gender. Uh, the, the metric or imperial system, uh, so country-specific, that'll be there for you. Height and weight uh, to, to further customize that. Dude, this is badass. Yeah, so then the, the big thing I want to go into is when, when you guys go into the, um, the weight right here, uh, this is important that you guys submit your weight that you submitted to, Matt, uh, to Nate. I almost called you Matt. Nate. Okay. Um, that is going to be what will pop up on our back end that we'll be able to reference in terms of a leaderboard. And, and I'm working cool. on getting the, the actual leaderboard to, to reflect the uh, percentage of weight loss and whatnot. Um, my health and fitness goal, you can put whatever you want on here. It's just a constant reminder of what you want to actually obtain in these hundred days. Then you can put a goal weight. And this is just a reference for yourself. It's not going to be public to anybody. It's just for yourself on the home screen. Um, throughout the different onboarding uh, questions, there's going to be a questionnaire, brief questionnaire to further cater this to you. 
it'll go into how do you how do you describe your normal activities today? What do you do right now? Um, are you a little bit active? Are you a lot of bit active? Follow suit. Um, how many low intensity workouts or sessions do you do? Um, so if we mow the lawn, for example, that would count as a low intensity uh, exercise. It's just kind of basic walking, uh, heart rate, generic workouts. How many high intensity interval training uh, sessions do you do really getting the heart rate going per week? Uh, this is the other big one. The next step is uh, we, we want to be able to integrate this with Apple and Google Health. If you have a Google device, it will show a Google product. If you have an Apple device, it'll show an Apple product. We want to flip this on. Um, this is where all of the metrics are going to get imported automatically into the app over the course of the 100 days. Um, so flip all of these on. That way you don't have to do anything. You just set it and forget it. The only thing you have to do is now just take your phone quite literally wherever, wherever you go. And take a picture for your profile. You can use your logo later on if you want to. That's, uh, that's hey. But that is effectively the onboarding process. Once you're actually into the app, I'm going to uh, switch to another file here. Give me one second. All right. So this will be the home screen of the app. So uh, everything that you've entered will show up right here. You've got a goal weight. Um, you've got your, your health and fitness goal up top, your name, your, your logo, um, and all of the metrics that come automatically in from uh, 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 effectively your, your device. So in a fitness challenge like this, it's really hard to get into like calories and whatnot. We're going to base it off of just a, a sheer line, uh, you know, basic metric that everyone has access to, uh, it's steps and distance and active calories will be there because that is registered from, uh, all, all of your devices. Um, uh, but steps, everyone, everyone's device will track that. And it's just a constant metric that we can always go for. In the industry, we know that you're moving, the rest will effectively follow. So steps is going to be a big one. Um, as we go through the challenge, you'll be able to see your weeks uh, or your weight. Uh, we put push-ups on here. How did we feel this week, et cetera? And then really customized it to uh, this particular challenge. Uh, there, there's what we call journey badges, which you guys will That's effectively cool. earn as we go through um, as we go through cumulative uh, progress throughout this entire challenge. So each journey badge represents a different metric and it represents an actual metric that's meaningful. Um, throughout different recommendations through Mayo Clinic, the AHA, um, CDC, et cetera, uh, they nailed about 7,000 steps per day for the average person who is inactive to get active again. Um, we did not want to set a, a goal of doing like 10,000 or 15,000 steps per day and have people fail at that. We wanted to have it be based around 7,000 steps per day. Not too easy, not too hard. So all of these are effectively uh, cumulative uh, that 7,000 all the way lumped up into a week's worth of time, kind of going through a journey of how you would plant an actual seed and have it be uh, all the way through best lawn of the block and winning KOTG lawn of the week. So really, really catering to obviously our audience, but planting the seed, throw it on some starter for keep it moist, learning patience, uh, grass babies, admiring progress, uh, baby's first mow, step back and admire your progress. Uh, it's mow time uh, and best lawn on the block and then KOTG, right? So really keep it, keep it going from there. Um, on the, on the actual tracker itself, this is going to be based upon weekly progress, like I just mentioned. So we'll have this step right here. 
And this log button that you'll see in that highlighted green is where you're going to log your weight each week. That's going to be the important part to this particular challenge. So we'll get to that. You'll go in here, enter your weight. Again, we just put push-ups to do some strength progress in here if you wanted to do that. Um, it's not required. It's there if you want it. And then how did you feel this week? Just to kind of check in with yourself. Check I've completed all my progress logs, hit save, and it'll move on. And that will be done at the end of each week. That's awesome. Wow. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> some, of the, some of the stuff that I won't spend too much more time on it. You guys can obviously go check it out. Um, but some of the other stuff on here, there's nutrition, meal uh, prepping. Um, there's a bunch of different, you know, pre-organized meals based upon the goals and, uh, you know, the things that you entered in, in your onboarding and your questionnaires. Uh, you can set different recipe libraries. There's thousands and thousands of recipes and, and nutritional, uh, different items in here. That's, that's all there. Um, so on and so forth. So quite literally every day of the challenge, you could follow this and, and meal prep throughout the week that are recommended serving sizes and calorie counts for you. So Chris, is this a, this is an app that you've been working on just the past two weeks solely for the KOTG weight loss contest, right? Yeah. Whip this out real quick. <laughs> no, this is pretty awesome, man. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> this is way just, cool. whip, just whipped it out. So uh, like I said, I'll have you guys kind of go through it and, and kind of play around with it. Um, I don't want to take up too much of, of the time here. Um, by all means, if you guys have any questions with it, uh, let me know. Um, this is just kind of going through some some different visuals of what it has and, and whatnot. Um, the, the next step uh, for this is, is going to be uh, so some fitness references. My journey programs is customized to what you effectively put in through your onboarding and your goals. And, and the, the ultimately, the journey that you selected at the very beginning, it tailors and recommends a couple different journey programs for you that you can follow along the, the, the way here. On-demand classes really anything you want from Pilates to yoga to at-home workouts to in-gym workouts if you're a member of a gym anywhere. Um, and then you can obviously favorite it. Um, set category, there's a ton of different tools and resources here. If you're new to fitness, if this is something new to you, it's at your disposal. Go take a look at it. There's nature sounds, there's general health, mental health, personal development. Um, it's really, really cool stuff. Um, and finally, on the very last tab is going to be where our leaderboard is um, on that and on the connect section. So it'll look obviously a little bit different here, but um, it's color coordinated to who's leading at the time, who's in second, um, who's in third. And then the other ones are just one color. Um, at the moment, it is going to be based on a point system. And every step you take is a point. Like I said, that's kind of the, the, the movement. Um, that's obviously the leaderboard that this app is capable of. Uh, Nate and I are going to be working on trying to, to figure out how to do this on obviously the percentage based, which is what you actually are getting, uh, you know, scored on and so on and so forth, right? So that is a, a brief overview of the app. There's obviously a lot more in there. If you have questions regarding it, um, by all means, let me know. Um, I'm happy to take some time out, uh, and, and do something on, on my channel just to kind of help you guys out. Um, but hopefully this gets a couple more people in. It's obviously a free app that is uh, available to everybody uh, throughout this challenge. And um, hopefully it motivates a couple people to hop on board and get a part of that leaderboard, right? Yeah, well, what's the name of the app again? And, and do we, is it just something we go to the app store? Is it available? Yeah, is it available yet? Play or? 
Yep, it's available. I'm going to put the sign up page inside of the app, uh, or excuse me, inside of the app, <laughs> inside of the um, YouTube chat here. It, it's it's called MasterFit is going to be what it's called. Um, and the experience is once you click the once you click the link to sign up, it will take you to a landing page where you register, and from there it will just redirect you where you can click either Apple or Google Play Store, and then you'll log in with the credentials that you chose. Um, instead of it. Sweet. So, pretty, pretty simple. So uh, Drunk Lung Guy is asking for the 2.0 release. Can you add Bush and burritos in the meal plan? that's <laughs> 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 okay, right awesome Mo. we appreciate you doing that yeah I'll, I'll 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 go with you there on that one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's look, looks like an awesome uh, app we're excited to try it out see how it goes for everybody uh get all those uh competitive people trash talking and and using the app to track everything so you got yeah. it yeah. All right. Uh, well, I've I've got all the names, so why don't we go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and share my screen now. Um. All right. So the winner of the Black Mountain View Seeds hat that's not out there yet is no way on Radiance. Hey, look at this. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> So right on, brother. <laughs> so he and his wife, uh, they both have blowjob shirts. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. So I'm waiting on a uh, I'm waiting on a picture. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. It works both ways. <laughs> so he, right. he he won one uh, in one of my giveaways, and then he bought one for his wife. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Couples that blow together stay together. Yeah, they do. <laughs> that, that's his next shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Now for the tan beige hat. Sammy Colinda. Hey. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. You're going to have the new coveted hat. Sweet. That's awesome. Congrats. So thanks, Adam. For, uh, thanks for uh, letting uh, KOTG be the exclusive first place to show those off. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Like most of us don't have this hat. I think it just came <laughs> in like yesterday. So oh, yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah. This, this is brand new. So glad to be able to give it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Well, what do you guys say? We got you got anything else, Adam? You want to add, or should we wrap this up? Man, I, I can't think of anything. Y'all fire some questions if you need to, but I think we went over everything. Yeah. So, so yeah. if if someone had a question in particular to Mountain View Seeds, how would they reach out to you or get a hold of you? I mean, you can hit me up on Instagram. You know, my email. Um, uh, Twitter, um, I mean, there's a number of ways. Probably Twitter and Instagram are the quickest just because I get the notifications and the emails will pile up sometimes because I have two different email accounts. But let's just say Twitter and Instagram and 
And then if, if, you know, for whatever reason I'm out or busy or just need some help on something, typically I'll bring in Mathis, you know, who's learning from our side. He's an inside guy. He's actually really knowledgeable. Uh, just, just hadn't been in the business quite as long, but he's a good kid. And I think he's going to do really well for us. He's the one a lot of times behind the scenes, you know, if I'm traveling somewhere, just, just things get busy because they, they definitely have been um, this last six months. And I think continue to be into the spring and, End of the summer. I don't know what an off season is. We used to have off seasons in this business, but I don't. I don't think we're going to have those anymore. Certainly not. With, not with what we're doing. So, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll get some time and get to work an event like Field of Dreams again next year. Or, you know, that's our. Those are our vacations. So, this is the life we've chosen. Well, I used to live about 15 minutes from that field, so I mean, dude, you know, you ought to come. You ought to get you. I'd, I'd like to say I could get you a ticket, but I don't have any pool. <laughs> uh, zero pool in Iowa. I had never been to Iowa until I I flew into Cedar Rapids, so it was an yeah. experience. Just tell tell everyone there you know me, and we'll see what happens. Well, I kept looking for the kept looking for the stripe life statue. Could never find that in Dubuque. I don't know. It must have down or something. Yeah, they tore that thing down. Yeah. Uh, so all no, awesome. <sighs> Well, glad you enjoyed your time in Iowa. So we did. Glad to, really, glad really to hear that. Glad to hear that. People, good food. The Buke was good. Yeah, it was. It was a really, really good time. And and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get to run it back again. Games certainly will. So even if we don't get to go, you know, it can't make it happen. Then it, it's just cool knowing the game is is going to get to go on. And I, yeah. I think somehow it's going to be bigger than the first time. I, I know there's going to be more people tailgate and wanting to go i mean eight thousand tickets is they're they're gonna have to find more tickets somehow i don't, I don't know what they're gonna do it's gonna be yeah, huge. they could they could double that stadium and still sell it out easily easily easily, easily. easily. I, oh, yeah. ways, I hope they don't though i mean that was part of the cool field it felt like it felt like you were playing not in the original field but it felt like you were playing at a high school or some kind of a regional minor league park or something like that. Like it just, it wouldn't have felt right to have been a full major league baseball stadium. It was really neat yeah. to get 8,000. I, I kind of do hope they do that and just do big tailgating lots or something. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> yeah. So cool. All awesome. Right. Well, thanks again, Adam. We appreciate it. We'll probably have you back again in another year or so. Maybe, maybe sooner. We'll see how things go. Love to. Hopefully, we'll have some more exciting developments and maybe some cool things on the horizon. And and yeah, that that'd be neat for sure. I'd love to come back on. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next week.